0: Welcome to the Live Your Dance podcast. My name is Molly King, and I'm a former corporate working girl turned author, dancer, and coach. Each week, we come together to celebrate someone who has found their metaphorical dance and listen to their insights in order to inspire you to find and live your dance. Thanks again for tuning in and joining me today. Now, let's dance. Welcome back to the Live Your Dance podcast. Man, it has been a whirlwind week as I've been prepping to head overseas and get some work done and I'll be gone for a few weeks, but I'm so excited to finally get this episode out to y'all. It's going to be a great one and I'm so excited that you're joining me. This is episode number 20 with the world-renowned West Coast Swing Champions, Jordan Frisbee and Tatiana Molman. Jordan and Tatiana have been partners since 2000 and are 11-time U.S. Open Classic Division Champions. They both hold 20 U.S. Open titles each, and they're also multiple Grand National, NASD, and Classic Division Champions within the West Coast Swing Circuit. Their TV and movie appearances include 30 Seconds to Fame, Star Search, Good Morning America, The Polar Express, and the movie Love and Dancing. They've earned a great reputation teaching all over the world as certified teachers for the Golden State Dance Teachers Association. What I love most about this episode is that both Jordan and Tatiana shed light on some of the lesser talked about aspects of the dance and their careers. For example, how does one actually take a hobby that they love and turn it into a career without burning out? Because I know that's a big fear of many people. As Jordan said it's really about how to keep falling in love with this dance or this job or this industry over and over again on our terms jordan and tatiana are true pioneers and innovators and have carved a legacy all their own due to their bold choices along the way and one quick note the wi-fi signal wasn't ideal during this interview so you'll periodically hear some spotty audio and i apologize for that we did the best we could to smooth it out But thank you also for your patience with anything that we were unable to remove. And now on to the episode. I hope you get as much out of this episode with Jordan and Tatiana as I have. And without further ado, let's listen in. I'm talking with Jordan and Tatiana, West Coast Swing champions. And I'm so excited to talk with both of you. And I have so many questions. So we'll see what we can fit in our time frame here, because we know that you are both very busy people. Um, so I'm just very grateful that I get a little time with both of you. So thank you again. As thank you
1: for having
2: us.
0: Of course, of course. In the book, The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield talks about how the professional is patient. I would love to start out by talking about how patience has played a role in your entire career since both of you have been dancing since you were roughly 11 years old. It's been a long journey, and there's been lots of ups and downs. What would you say patience has played in this whole journey?
2: I think that Jordan can answer this best. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, I think that one thing about Jordan and I uh, growing up is that we learned a lot of qualities from each other that... Like I felt like in the beginning I was lacking patience. I'm a very hyper, it's my Aquarius and ADD way of me. So I think Jordan is the best at this. He has taught me, awesome. I will say, through the 23-year friendship that we had. But.
1: And I think Tatiana's taught me to be more anxious. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good
1: balance. I want things now. <laughs> <laughs> I love um, it. Yep. You know, we started this road as kids with separate partners, I guess 12, um, and then... We didn't start dancing together until our last year in juniors, which was 17. teen. Um, through our junior career, I think each of us, we wanted to start, and then we wanted to be the best right away, and that that just didn't happen. And I remember <laughs> as kids having our best year and knowing, okay, this is the year, um, and it wasn't. It wasn't we a third or a fourth. And What
2: age is this? You that saying? was
1: age maybe... When 15, dancing, 16, like, um, 14, like those, those years of coming up where you, fought, you you put in some work, you, you dance for a couple of years, and then you get to be the champion. Going our whole junior careers, we were, we were fighting just to, to make the top podium, to make the top three or top five.
2: fourth one year, made seventh one year. That wasn't ever, yeah, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. Hmm. So I think that created maybe patience a little bit
1: but when we learn to to fuel that fire and like turn all of that into more motivation and continuing to work harder um this is before we thought this was going to be our careers this is when we we loved this as a hobby but the competitive side of I know me personally just being in sports all my life I knew that it meant something to me if I could win and I wanted to win and so um it wasn't until Tatiana and I partnered up and we had our last year in June that we that we ever took first place at the U.S. Open and and that was that was um five years into our career and it's not a long now that we've been dancing 23 years but it definitely it it showed us that it wasn't going to come overnight and and once we had that feeling we knew we wanted it, but I don't know that we ever knew we wanted it that bad. Mm. So once we got a taste of really winning that, that big title, because that, that was our, cool. our Super Bowl. That was our World Championships, was the U.S. Open. And so once we checked that box, that's when we kind gosh, how do we get this moving into adults? How do we keep this moving into adults? This is something we really want to achieve and hold on to for as long as we can.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, when, when do you think that shift happened from realizing this was a hobby to something that you think you both thought this could be a potential long-term commitment and career?
2: I think to get asked more and more overseas, at least what I felt this was going to be a pretty long, amazing journey (laughs) uh, and want to go anywhere else. And that's probably when I was like 19 or 20, because I always wanted other goals, Sometimes I wanted to be an actress and all these things. I'm like, should I go into acting school? Hmm. But then once I hit like probably 21, I'm like, no, this is what I want to do forever. Yeah. And it's really great to have mentors that are um, older and wiser than me and still making a difference. You know, Jack and Annie, um, they made a huge difference. And I look at that. And I'm like, I want to be that. I want to be their age and still Providing for the community and helping out sit there and go this could be my whole life And I'm really really happy and content with it and grateful as well. I
1: don't know about Jordan though I don't know. Um, I think I think, um, you know, we were starting to get asked at age 15 to start teaching and that that was the transition where um, We had both been asked to dance in a in a professional Jack and Jill at that age and we were starting to get asked to teach. So that's where the transition and the term professional was getting thrown around. And we didn't really know how to how to approach. We knew that we loved the dance. As kids, it came to us naturally. So we had to seek out um, the education to learn how to teach and then decide if that was even in our in our nature. Like I never planned on being a school teacher. That was never a thought of mine was to be a teacher. So know if i if i had a calling for that if i enjoyed seeing growth from growth from students and if that was inspiring to me and then um, you know back when we were kids this was only a full-time job for very few and if it was a full-time job for them they were studios so a lot of dancers they traveled on the weekends, they they taught at events on the side, and then they had full-time jobs during the week. So we never even knew if you could make a career out of this. And and I don't think it wasn't until the, the YouTube boom
2: yeah.
1: swing and seeing it go um, not only just domestic, but international and just how that took off. And that was around 19 or 20 for us that we're getting asked to go overseas when our videos that we weren't even posting were starting to get shared over and over and getting these views um that became an agent for us without us even signing up for any of that and next thing you know we're seeing gosh this could really be a full-time career
0: yeah and now you're both traveling almost every weekend of the year so obviously there's a need being met for what you are bringing to the community so
1: yeah that transition from I mean, as kids, we went to six events a year, and they were all a 20-minute drive away. And then in our later teens, we started traveling. And now, since about age 18 or 19, 19, it's been 40-plus weekends every single year. And it's funny, we just both hit 4 million miles on American Airlines alone. (laughs) one airline
0: <laughs> wow
1: um and we really had to sit down and realize gosh how many hours how many years have we been on a plane yeah um but but that's when we realized the, the commitment to bouncing all around the world traveling to europe coming back going to an event 10 away and going to russia the following weekend that's when we really realized gosh we've done a lot of traveling over these years
0: absolutely and gosh my initial thought is that that would become very draining but how do you what are your beliefs about the work that you do that keep it so that it doesn't become just this absolute burden (laughs) because i mean it's a first world problem but but that is a lot to put on your body and on your schedule and your friendships and and everything so what are the beliefs that you have that keep it fresh and lovers, <laughs> yeah right
1: um that's that was a transition that we slowly learned over time, and over the years we just kept creating the workspace and personal space that that worked out for both of us um, you know in the early years, it was it was the grind, and it was us setting goals, realizing what we wanted and and really just keeping our head down and grinding it out. We, that was a part of the job. Injuries are a part of the job. We, we just realized that if we wanted to get to where we wanted to be to work hard and in those years, we really, there were no excuses. There were no sick days. We We just kept to the grind. And it wasn't until many, many years into our career and establishing titles and championships and whatever it was that we wanted that we realized, now we could make summons in our travel schedule, in our competitive schedule, um, what it would take for us to realize how do we prevent burnout? Yeah. Because there were times where we started to wonder, is this going to make us fall out of love with the dance? Just transitioning a hobby to a job can make that happen. Right. We still loved it, but what was going to make us love it for 30 years and 40 years and not want to run away after the pressure of being on top or the pressure of winning, all those things, we had to look at what were things that were going to make us really stay in love with this forever, um, and how we adjust our lives to to that.
2: And I think that's why we kind of decided two years ago, um, three you now to retire. I think that for me personally, I was getting really frustrated and burnt in a way of competition. It was getting to me because I was getting really. I hate to say this, but the more we were winning, because I had to always stay on top, I guess, in my head. And <clears throat> so Jordan could probably compete forever. He he's strong like that, but I I, I was timed, so yeah. you
1: know, and I um you know, I thought I could compete forever, but but I did realize over over time we, we really loved this as an art and we loved the art of creating routines. And competing is limiting. You have rules and you have and you have certain moves you can't do and certain things that don't fit in our division of classic and we realized that to be artists, we could do this for the rest of our until our bodies fall to pieces. <laughs> but to be competitive, the only thing that could frustrate us ever was the limitations on our art and we would want we would want to choose a song that felt competitive, and then the next year we'd want to choose a song that was for us and we kept battling with, gosh, but this isn't a winner, and we, we know this isn't a winner. Do we do it? Gosh, we can't, because we need to win again, and we need to stay on top, and that was a real big catalyst in yeah. us choosing to transition into retiring from classic, continuing to put together shows, and all of this new chapter that we're in, it was really longevity. Keep falling in love with this dance over and over again on our terms.
0: I really respect that because I think it's worthwhile to make that self-evaluation for both of you and to figure out how can we continue to make this sustainable? Because obviously what you were doing worked for a certain chapter and then at some point it wasn't working. And so instead of just (laughs) banging your head against the wall and still doing it, that takes a lot of courage and self-honesty to really say, all right, this might not make other people happy, but it's going to make us happy. And that's that's long-term sustainable. That's definitely not easy. Yeah.
2: And I, I really do. You know, at the time you're, you make a change in your life, it's the right one, you know? And now I think it was the best decision we ever made to me. I, I love like when we were creating our, our show piece, I, it was so fun. It's like what your question was, like, I kind of like fell in love with it again, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was really happy with the decision. That's
0: definitely a gift to yourself. And obviously, Getting to to play the way you did with that last with that showpiece was was kind of a a rejoicing in that freedom.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and it, it gives us a lot to look forward to again. Our our most frustrating thing in the the studio when we were preparing a new routine for the open and to compete again, it was counting weight supported moves, it was having to cut this beautiful piece of art to three and just all these little restrictions that we might even have would be sitting on a winning routine. We knew it. It was everything it needed. And yet we were frustrated as artists because it really wasn't the story we wanted to tell. And Sometimes it would be the difference of cutting a song 10 seconds short or being able to lift her feet off the floor in one moment that we had to keep questions because of the rules. And yeah, it's almost like we hit reset on the clock because we have this immense amount of new teens in our head and new ideas and showpieces where if we had kept the grind, we don't know if we would have retired with uh, falling out of love with West Coast Swing or if we would have retired thinking, gosh, I need a, I need a hiatus, I need a five-year break from the dance. There, there's no point of us craving walking away or slowing down and and to realize that time and still feel young and healthy We've reached our goals in terms of competition now. Um, that was a big, I don't know, it was a moment for us that we, we had to spend contemplating. And we even went back and forth after our, after our 10th US Open. That was our original goal was wins. And wow. so we thought tired then, but we then realized, gosh, I, this song is great and, and we have another year. And it wasn't, wasn't until we came across that song that spoke to us as a retirement piece Um, We had already started a routine to compete again for the for the eleventh time,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or for the year on our eleventh. We had started a whole other routine, and we found that song in
2: October, right before the. Oh Oh, wow!
1: A month and days before we could.
2: Yeah, we thought it was a sign. We're like, "This is a sign. Like this song is. We can't do this next year. This song we played out, so and went with it.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, and let that
0: inspiration guide. Exactly. Absolutely. I know that that both of you have faced many challenges along the way, like you mentioned injury, losing family members, broken hearts, maybe even just spiritual challenges or or frustrating challenges within the dance itself. For each of you, what would you say was, was one of the biggest challenges that you've had to face and how did you overcome it?
1: Gosh, I mean, there's there's challenges on the the dance and business side and there's challenges on the personal side, personal side losing. Yeah. Like you said, losing family members or going through a personal injury that seems super stressful. Mm -hmm. Those are things that, that definitely make you question this public life because everything that you, it's so public, you lose a family member and it's public to everyone so you're having to you're getting condolences from which sweet and which them showing that they care but it's also you having to answer to so many more people than just maybe your direct family and friends right um, the same with it, having to deal with not only the promoters that that you're having to cancel on but all of the dancers who expected to see you and expected to see you at that one event that they were meeting you at those are. Those are big challenges, and and sometimes we had mentors to ask this, and then there's some challenges that no one's faced before, and we had to kind of figure out that path on our own. And so growing up through these challenges, it's it's definitely made us stronger. It's made us kind of um, self-reflect and realize that we have a lot of respect for our community and for the work that we do. And so we've really tried to and yeah. still show up if we're injured we we still try to show up at events and if if we had family members pass away we would try to hold to as many commitments as we physically could um, just because we, we people really rely on you whether it's business whether it's promoters building events just around you as a couple right. whether it's dance events and flights purchased and hotel rooms booked and so those really they shaped who we were people always being reliable and when once we commit to something we we show up
2: I think it helps that Jordan and I have each other as well Mm -hmm. so when we go through things I mean our friendship's so long so again we've been friends since we were 12 and so (laughs) yeah so it it, it, if I needed him he's there if he needs I'm here so we're not traveling and you're having to go through all this by yourself and then just rely on the dancers um, who are also our family too but sometimes just having someone close like that is really helpful. Like for me, a personal thing happened in June was I um I had to go to Germany. There's a dance um D Town Swing. Mm -hmm. On the Monday prior to that I came home from Brazil and father passed away. And so that was a it was hard, but then at the same time I had a hard time not fulfilling my commitment. And my mom, too, that she's like, you work. And ironic things, my dad's German, and he loved every time I went to Germany, he'd want to hear mm. stories about it. Mm. So I was like, I got to go to Germany. So it was hard. I had to, like, suck it up, but I had my, my best friends there. I had Jordan there to help me. I taught, and I would, like, leave and go to bed. And, but then what's interesting is you're trying to do that, but you have a, a type of personality that, that, you, that you are. Like, I, everyone knows I'm, you know, smiley, bubbly, happy. I love life. But that weekend, I was not. So it was really interesting to have to like smile to make it, and or I and, and then a lot of people could tell it, that something was wrong with me. I'm like, and I didn't want to tell anybody. Oh no, I'm fine. Yeah, but it was the act. You had to be an actress almost that weekend. Um, for at least I felt I had to until I went home. I found next week I was on Facebook because I did get a lot of people asking what was wrong with me. <laughs> it's like, where's your smiles? And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that that's it. I have to kind of bring that. to. To work. But at the same time, that's kind of what our job is. We have to kind of be on all the time, no matter what happens. And it does, like Jordan said, it makes you stronger. I'm, I'm so glad I went, but it wasn't easy. That's for sure. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I've had my mom pass on and several people and I, I can definitely relate to that. So it's it's definitely a testament to you know, you love those people, but it's a hard thing when you also need to continue just to keep yeah. your commitments, like you said. So uh, yeah, that's yeah. not easy. Simple, not easy. <laughs> I would love to know, where do you both go for inspiration? Is it a person? Is it is it a faith? Is it books? Where do you both turn to when you, you need inspiration?
1: Our lives are very, our lives are crazy. The lifestyle we live of traveling to every continent and seeing different cultures different music and so we really always have our eyes open to inspiration inspiration could be an advertisement a commercial it could be a music video we always try to look outside of our community because we get a lot of inspiration from social dancing and enjoying those moments on the floor but we want to to inspire people with things they haven't seen and so we try not to find our inspiration through what's happening at the moment in our community. So we get inspiration from other dance styles, from other types of music, from music videos, from not partner dances, but sometimes solo dances like hip hop, jazz, or ballet. I mean, everything is potential inspiration.
2: Lion King.
1: I mean, yeah, the it Broadway, could be. The Broadway it could be a, show is
2: amazing. It could be a oh, Broadway I'm show. Gonna,
1: it, it could be a song in a commercial. One of our recent inspirations—not even recent. It was 2009, but um, when we went, we saw Brazilian Zouk for the first time, oh, and yeah. then we went to Brazil, heard the music, and just seeing a culture where college-age kids that aren't dancers, when they go to a bar, they don't they do drink samba. and do freestyle. They drink and they partner up and they do f- or Samba. They do these partner dances. And if you ask them if they were dancers, they would tell you, no, they've never learned how to dance before. And yet they would get into a closed position and do a partner dance. Hmm. That was such an interesting take on young people who never were dancers. They could be athletes or professionals. So watching that, watching Brazilian Zouk, listening to that type of music, that would inspire us a lot. We're lucky that Swing is so adaptable to so many different influences. That's why our dance keeps evolving and changing. It's not a a folk dance that holds its it's period and it's music it's always evolving so every time a new genre of music comes out or a new style of music it, it influences our dance yeah. so everything we do and we're just really good about we always have our eyes and ears open and we're constantly filming and writing notes and jotting things down could potentially inspire us down the road so there's so many times that like we've even gotten up in the aisle of an airplane and walking or that we've been in <laughs> In the middle of an airport thinking, oh my gosh, you just need to try this move really quick.
2: Like literally moves will pop in my head. And I'm like, what if we try, I gotta do, I gotta do it, you know, it's so fun. <laughs>
1: yeah. Tatiana oh, will God. show up at my house and she'll say, I had a dream. Just go with it. <laughs> and so one thing we got really good with as a partnership is Listening to there's it. never a no. Mm. We'll give the first five minutes at least to try an idea and we'll go down that rabbit hole, even if it seems crazy. And sometimes the premise, it, it could be like, okay, we're both lions and we're crawling on the floor. Go with me here. Um, <laughs> there's never a in the, because some of those really ridiculous moments have turned into some of our most memorable moments. And over time we feel we started to get a reputation of getting new things or creating right. things that people hadn't seen before. So. We always wanted to keep inspiring people. So it couldn't be as easy as get on YouTube and find the the best move from someone else and steal it. It had to be, we've got to try to create this from scratch or from something that we saw somewhere else outside of the dance world. And so we would always kind of draw from, from anything that came our way.
0: I love that. It's, it definitely sounds like you're just cultivating creativity and as a muscle, if that's something that you practice over time, it's just going to become so strong and so well-developed and the trust that you two have where Anything is okay. You're welcome to try it. That just creates this openness that breeds, like you said, more creativity. And it has to come from you two. Otherwise, it's just a copycat game. Yeah, too. like
2: I actually, per- I I personally avoid watching um all shows because I don't want I don't want to get something in my head and it, 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 someone already did it. So sometimes I avoid that. I look like Jordan somewhere outside the box of different, you know, styles of music. I love Serbian music. I love mm. different culture music. I love Bollywood. So all that kind of music in my, makes my body want to do something different. Right. Yeah. So that, that's how I get influenced is different culture music, anything that isn't made in America. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cross-pollinating at its best, <laughs> I guess.
2: Yeah. So yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What's next for you? I know you have your swing teams going. Do you want to do you want to talk a little bit about that or any other projects that you're working on in the future?
1: We started this project last year. Our JT swing teams were really proud of this and it's, it's a way for us to kind of with our busy lives, still keep in contact with people all over the world. Cause we can't clone ourselves yet <laughs> yes. somewhere around the world every single weekend. So it's how do we get to as many people as possible and how do we continue these relationships with some people? we would really love to work with on a weekly basis. And yet we might see them once a year or once every other year. So the swing teams are a way for us to have directors all over the world creating small groups in their local communities. And they're teaching our choreographies to their students. And so they're teaching people how to learn the stance, not only through social and through weekly workshops, but they're teaching them through choreography. Mm. And that's one of the ways that all the professionals as kids growing up being junior dancers, growing up in the routine circuit, and then getting better at this dance through routines. That's something that we've always had access. To. Dancers don't have partners, or that's never been a goal because they never plan to do this professionally. So we're just getting a lot of up-and-coming dancers that are falling in love with this dance and the aspect of performing without the pressure of competing, without the, the pressure of, of dancing on the U.S. Open floor. So that's been a really great, and it's also been satisfying and fulfilling to us so we get to meet these people and train with them and keep in touch with them through through social media and we're just season three that's coming up in march and they're six month seasons and people keep learning these routines performing them falling in love with them and then they're ready for the next one and that from amateur dancers that they don't do this professionally, and they have a nine to five, and they're making the time to learn these choreographies, and they're turning trophies every. And so it's really cool to see their passion and how hard they're working, even when they're not full time. That
0: that is such a great concept, and I love that you found a way that essentially you are cloning yourself, so you're getting to touch more lives that way. And where where can we find more
1: information? Yeah. You can um, find our Website, and there's a lot of information on swing teams and just kind of knowing where there's a team director in your area, what it would take if you are a potential director. If you'd like to get more information on starting a team, that's an option as well. So um, you can learn more about that process and just see those and see the process of, of getting to perform and the camaraderie that happens. I mean, just last weekend we were in Florida the DC dancer showed up from our DC swing team. And there's one dancer from Paris that randomly had a weekend off and he came to that event in Florida Aww. and without ever meeting people, he was partnered up and Aww. he got to perform with someone on the spot.
2: It's probably my favorite, one of my favorite things about this um, is that is that people are, have met and built friendships, even relationships off of it. <laughs> it's kind of cute, like it.
0: That's so awesome. Yeah. It just, it's a unifier. That's the beauty of the art that we do is the connections. And now you're getting to contribute to that in other ways.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so there's one more thing that, um, so Jordan, three years ago, it was a shoe line. So we have a JT swing oh, shoe line. Yes. And so that's been really exciting. That's been more of a huge dream of mine. I think since eight, I wanted to do it. It was a long time ago. Wow. And we, we kept trying to make it work and find um, companies that we liked that was really hard to find.
1: We would have different shoe companies approach us and they would get so close to us um, developing a prototype with them and then just, it fell, it fell through. It wasn't exactly what we wanted and the toughest thing about putting your name on a product is that you have to love it. Right. dance in it and compete in it. And, and it took us, I would say almost 10 years to finally come up with a relationship with the company that we are working with, but also just the right fit and the right style and the right feel that is something that we be proud of and put our our names on.
2: Yeah. So that's another thing that we have right now and new prototypes are are going to be coming out. Oh, awesome. And can people buy those online or just at events? They'll be able to buy them online. Um, Right now we do have shoes that you can buy online. Um, the new ones will be posted up in about two months.
1: Yeah, we have distributors in Europe. They're um, they're Italian-made shoes, and so they're distributed in Europe. So buy them off of our website um, all over the world. They can be shipped to you, and soon they'll probably be even distributed all through the U.S. at the dance events as well.
0: That's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, my last couple of questions are, what are you both most grateful for today?
2: Jordan. I'm great healthy and I'm grateful to have I hate to say this but like the talent that God gave it's grateful that he gave it to me because I, I it's interesting starting in this dance I didn't know I knew I loved it but now I know it was meant for me like I was meant to do this it's embedded in my body it's it's all I I know now and I don't see myself doing anything else. So I'm just really grateful that God gave me something that I was able to focus on, fall in love with, be good at. Um, a lot of people in the world, they, you know, they they don't, when you ask them, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And they're like, I don't know. That, That makes me sad and floors me when people don't know what they want to be. So I'm just really grateful for the West Coast Swing community, what they have given me. And yeah, it's just, I'm again, really blessed.
1: Yeah, I would say it's it's definitely got to be this this lifestyle and just kind of answering this calling. I mean, as a kid, I played sports all my life. I never thought I'd dance. When I did decide to dance, it was something I did on the side and it was a secret and I kept it from still played sports through high school and it came to those crossroads. Are you going to focus on sports to potentially do this in college? Or are you going to focus on dance. And I really, I don't know, I kind of realized that dance would be in my life probably a lot longer than sports would. And I just, I, I started to realize all the other aspects of this calling, um, how much I did love teaching, how much I love to travel, how much I love to compete. And once all that clicked, this lifestyle that it's given us, yeah, we almost can't look back and think of having any other type of job or career where you sit at an office or sit at a desk. We have such a such a unique lifestyle. Our work week starts on a Thursday or a Friday. And when everyone else is getting ready for their weekend, this is when we go to work. And you get so used to this different lifestyle that when we have two weeks off, we look around like what with ourselves. We're so used to this get up and go lifestyle. So we're just so happy, or I'm just so happy I found it that the West Coast swing community it not only gave us a place to like further grow our passion and our artistic side, it really did give us a career.
2: Can I add one more thing? <laughs> Absolutely. I just want to say that what's interesting is growing up, I mentioned before I wanted to sing, I wanted to act. I thought I realized I don't want to be an actress now, but, um, and I did gymnastics and I did love to dance. Interesting. I, I used to, I remember through the years when I was younger, like nineteen, twenty. 20, I sat there and I'm like, should I still try to pursue these dreams that I have? And then it came to my realization that, oh my gosh. Um, and, and well, another thing is that I feel like I was afraid to go down that road because I didn't have to be famous in the huge, huge scheme of things because I feel like you'd have no life, you know? Yeah. So that's also prevented me. And then going back to me realizing about 20, I actually am an actress. I... I'm dancing through music with my body, which is kind of like singing through your, your body. I guess as you get, I have a little bit of that fame in that little world. Yeah, I can go walk down the street and no one knows who I am. It was just, like, I sat there and I'm like, I actually got my dream without, you know, in, in in a different scale than I what I thought when I was younger. But that was another thing that came to my realization about what I'm doing in West Coast thing, So
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to maybe add on to that, because I was... very similarly inclined with comedy and with acting and languages and being on SNL was a dream of mine for a long time and I did improv. Nice yeah and so I, I really believe that that quality of improv that I those ideas of yes and and trusting your partner in the scene and having all the all the principles that are taught in improv I realize that's exactly what we're doing or you're doing in Jack and Jill's like that is improv through movement and creating a story, creating an arc, saying yes and to every movement, to every, that whole conversation that's happening within the dance. We're getting to access all those same qualities and expressions and just doing it in such a unique way. And so, you know, we haven't lost that dream, like you said, we're just doing it in, in a very unique way and you're getting to have all the benefits of all the other aspects that you were looking for as well. I, I think that's beautiful
2: yeah definitely exactly
0: yeah oh awesome well let me just wrap up with the last question that i ask on all my episodes for each of you i would love to know what is your definition of living your
2: dance so my definition of living my dance living your i really feel that oh yeah like well for me i really feel that you can't hold back so that's one thing, fearless is the first word that's coming to my head. You have to be fearless when you dance and and in life too. I feel that you you don't want to hold back, but going back to my dance, when I walk on that floor, no one's going to hold me back when it comes to scaring me away or I don't want to do this because I don't want to be embarrassed or like nothing is going to, even if I fall, I'll make a joke out of it. Like living your dance is just being yourself and not being afraid to look like a fool or to make someone... Unless you're being rude, <laughs> you wouldn't want to do that. But I feel like Jack and Jill's growing up made me live my dance. I got to be famous, the person that I am. Anything could happen, and so that was a huge outbreak for me when it came to being able to open and be myself. And I grew up in that community learning how to be myself, and it's okay to be yourself. Mm-hmm. So that I guess overall, be yourself and and, and be fearless is my thing. Beautiful.
1: I would say living my dance for me was creating this that I wanted and knowing, knowing exactly what I wanted out of life. And I was going to create it, not the traditional way, but I was going to create it through, through dance and I was going to create it through my art. And so more of a, traditional life. I'd set all these goals in my head and we realized that we were going to become professors. I didn't want to change my goals, but I wanted to bring that level of professionalism and that level of business and that business sense. I wanted to bring it to this art form as well. And I think this whole idea of merging those two worlds, I think for a lot of people, that's difficult. If you're an artist, you're supposed to be an artist. And if you're in the business world you you have to you have a certain rules and you have to handle yourself a certain way and and i feel like we tried to blend the two we we wanted to be professional we wanted to chase dreams and create a business mindset even though we were artists and so doing that through so many different avenues not just the traditional idea of our community venturing outside of that so venturing outside of teaching workshops and Traveling our circuit, what were other avenues that we could bring our our business sense and also our brand to? And we never knew that these other avenues were going to open up like they would. And since we've retired from competition, we've been able to say yes a little more. We've been able to shift the focus from the grind of competing and preparing our our next routine. We've been able to kind of go down those different roads of, Whether it was fashion, or whether it was the Swing Team project, or whether it was all these things at our door, and we weren't ever able to say yes to, we're kind of letting ourselves live our dance through all these other avenues and taking taking ran to places that we never thought was really directly related to West Coast Swing or directly related to what we're in love with, and so it's just made our our job so interesting, the feeling so rejuvenated, even though we've been doing this for. 20 plus years we feel like we're just starting all new direction that's always been a part of could we mesh those two pieces together especially for me personally and i feel like i've been able to and i feel like i've kind of still inspired myself as if i'd been a, a ceo being the ceo of this company between tatiana and myself for us being our own bosses that that avenue even though being very artistic and doing exactly what we love which was our passion to do this dance
0: that's such a beautiful blending of what you love and what you're into and I love what you shared too Tatiana there's a there's an idea that is in one of my favorite books and she talks about the real risk is not doing what we're made to do the real risk is in not writing those books or in not dancing that dance or, or whatever it is and so I love that that fearlessness has been a guiding post for you and Jordan, too. But getting to blend your loves and what you're into yeah. is a beautiful thing.
2: I just saw a recent um, Bolton board driving. I've looked. It says, no guts, no story. It was like, That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, it's so true. If you don't have guts and do something and dive in yeah. and be fearless, you're not going to have stories to tell, you know?
0: Like, yeah. And And maybe it's not total lack of fear, but it's doing it anyway and going for it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you both so much for your time and thoughtfulness this I I acknowledge both of you for the courage that you both have had throughout the last few decades of, of creating your art and cultivating it and then sharing it with the world because it really is a blessing and I love the idea of leaving a legacy of good and through your art and through the way that you conduct both of yourselves. Whenever I see you at events, I just see there's there's such a deep compassion for humanity and for all the lives that you're involved with. It's not a, I'm better than you, or <laughs> there really doesn't seem to be ego in the work that you do. And I really respect that. So thank you both. Thank
2: you. Thank you so, so much. much. I appreciate and, that.
0: Absolutely. And thank you both. Oh my gosh, this was really great. So I was just telling Jordan, this will be no I'm also coming out with my second book, which is called Live Your Dance. And every podcast episode is its own chapter. And I kind of pull out the common denominators and what other people can apply to their career path and all these things. So you are one of my last episodes to get included in the book. So I'm really, really grateful that this.
2: Oh, awesome. so cool. so What's name again?
0: It's called Live Your Dance. Live Your Dance. So it's all connected. Oh, that's so thank you so uh, much.
2: You're welcome. You're welcome. Anytime. It was very fun. I'm glad. interesting. It's like sometimes we forget.
1: True. What we We live our, so much in the yeah. now and, and looking forward that we never get to reflect.
2: Yeah. It's fun to take that time. Yeah, it
0: is. Well, well we hope to
2: see you at a dance event.
0: Definitely. I'll be
2: around soon. We'll, we'll talk to you and thank you so much.
0: <laughs> thank you. I'll talk to you later. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. 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 again for tuning in and listening today i hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some nuggets of wisdom or new insights out of it i'm so looking forward to bringing you some more episodes and you can help me out by liking sharing leaving a review and telling your friends about the show be sure to stay tuned to my posts on social media or sign up on my website mollyking.com for updates on the show and my upcoming book my first book don't settle is now available in paperback on Amazon.com. And it's also available in ebook format on Amazon or from my website. My next book, called Live Your Dance, will also be available soon. It's a collection of wisdom and good nuggets from the show here, plus some exclusive content where I'll share some of my own insights about living my dance. And that will be available later this year in 2018. So lots to look forward to. And thanks again for listening. I'll sign off here, but until next time, be sure to live your dance.